Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Prime. You know Amazon Prime is not just a shipping subscription, right? It's got everything, including streaming TV and movies on Prime Video. And of course, Prime's fast, free shipping. Go from watching your favorite shows to getting your favorite things. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more out of whatever you're into. From Gimlet Media, this is The Nod. I am Brittany Luce. And I'm Eric Eddings. Today, we have a special guest here. Very special guest. Giving us a hot story on a platter. That we no know need to cook. nothing about. We know nothing about it. <laughs> yes. Hi, my name is Cher Vincent, and I am a producer from Chicago. Welcome, Cher. Welcome. Thank you. Chi-town. Coming home again. Just like Kanye, right? <laughs> Chicago. Get it? Sure. <laughs> So I want to talk to you guys about this beloved grocery store. For a long time, this place was a huge part of Black life in Chicago. For me and lots of folks like me, it was called Moo and Oink. Moo Moo and Oink. Oink. Yes, it was around when I was a kid, and it was a Black institution. They had four locations in predominantly Black neighborhoods. Uh Uh-huh. My family always went to the Moon Oink at the corner of 71st and Stony Island. And folks there knew our names. They were like, oh, the Vincents are here? Let's get these packets ready for y'all. Aw. We would go there every Sunday, usually to get a big bag of chicken wings and veggies. Mm. It was hard to get fresh food on the South Side. But at Moon Oink, you could. We were on food stamps at the time. And when we went there, they served us with respect and a smile. But the thing Moon Oink was most known for was its TV commercial, mostly because it was the closest thing you could get to being a viral video. So it was high quality. <laughs> as far as content, yes. Um, as far as, like, catchiness, absolutely. Like, it's an earworm. And it was made in 1982, and visually, it's something to Behold, uh, the commercial has this massive costumed cow and pig dancing the same choreography as these little kids in these really funny 1980s sweaters dancing around in aisles in this grocery store. People are waving, people are dancing, people are having the best time in their life. And you just have to experience this commercial for yourself. Wait, you have the commercial? YouTube. Got this dude smiling, packing chicken wings to a bag. Somebody did a high kick. Give me a wave if you like catfish. Jump up if it's your favorite dish. It is my favorite dish. This is so beautiful. There's people dancing in the aisle and at the cashier. (laughs) This is not a real thing. It is 30 seconds. Of perfection. Oh my God. So wait, all, all due respect. All due oh respect God. 
<laughs> to lift every voice and sing. How has this not become the Black National Anthem? The deep question. They said, they said jump if catfish is your favorite dish. Yo, it really is, though. <laughs> I loved this. It was such a cultural touchstone, not just for my childhood, but for so many people in Chicago, um, to the point where, like, SNL spoofed it. Have you guys ever even been to the South Side? Hells yeah! We're South Side all the way, yo! I buy all my meats on the South Side, right? Moo and oink. It is just a huge Chicago thing. Everyone knows about Moon Wink, mostly because of these commercials are so catchy. Like yeah. Yeah, I already you're humming say it. it in your head right now. I bet yeah. you are. I was like, Moon <laughs> Yeah, so the commercials left their mark on the city. I remember feeling like many of the Chicago commercials for local businesses were geared toward a white audience. But the Moonlight commercials seemed to be catered to a Black audience. Mm. It seemed to be catered to me. But mostly, it was just a really great grocery store. They had, you know, one of the few places in the city where you can get legit chitlins Mm. by the bucket. Nice. That's the only way it should come. Yes, exactly. So they were known for their hot links, which were fire. Mm. They were super crunchy and juicy. And they were made with these special Moon Oink spices. My dad used to get them for summer cookouts. And I basically lived off of their chicken tenders in high school. You loved yourself. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> and it was one of the few places in the city where you could get fresh food using WIC or food stamps and get bang for your buck, at least in the 90s when I was growing up. Yeah. And it was a tradition of it all, especially on Sundays. You go to church, you go to Moon Oink, mm. and, and, you know, you make your dinner. Sadly, though, roughly six years ago, they all closed down. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. R.I.P. Moon Oink, the store. But in 2011, a group actually came in and bought the brand and all of Moon Oink's recipes. And that's when I saw the news that for the first time, Moon Oink was owned by a black family. Wait. Whoa. Yeah, that's what? right. This store, so closely associated with black people in Chicago— so closely associated with my childhood in Chicago, have been run by a white family all this time. So wait, so... All this time. Because in the commercial, they had the older black couple, they were hugging, I think it was either a head of cabbage or a bundle of collard greens. (laughs) They smiled at the camera, and I was like, oh, that must be the people that own this. Yeah. So the whole time, it had been owned... By a white family. And they called it Moon Oink, and they put them in the hood. Yep. Because you would think just, like, the commercial is so black. And it's very good. Yeah. Like, he's, like, the guy is, like, smiling with the chicken, putting the chicken wings in the bag. Like, I'm like, I want to be that guy's friend. Yeah. Did did everybody know this? No. Like, Moon Oink was basically synonymous with Black Chicago for over 35 years. I imagine the owner being a Steve Harvey type, but once I found out he wasn't, I wanted to know who was actually behind the company and this iconic commercial. I mean, the thing about the commercials, the commercials, like, it's, it it doesn't feel inauthentic. That's, yeah. the, that's the way to describe it. Exactly. It does not feel inauthentic. Exactly. And that was by design. That was the one thing that I always strive for was the homemade look. I didn't want to be Madison Avenue. I wanted it to be homemade because I wanted the employees and the neighborhood to shine. Okay, so that's Barry Levy. He's one of the original owners of Moonwink. 
And he wanted the neighborhood to shine because he actually seemed to care about the neighborhood. Mm. Barry is a small man with a big smile. He shook my hand as soon as I walked into the door of my studio. He carried this massive box that was almost as big as him, and it was filled with just memories. Wait, no hot links, though. <laughs> no hot links, I know. Mm. Like No wings? <laughs> I honestly was just, like, so amazed by all of the memorabilia that I forgot to ask about the food. So maybe that's on me. <laughs> oh, man, you gave me... There's so many shirts. <laughs> oh, man. That's great. So, what are the significance of these shirts? Did you guys have a softball team? We did. The only time we had a softball team was during company picnics. Oh, yeah? It was a very competitive activity at the picnics. Barry has a real affection when he talks about Moon Oink, his customers, and his employees, who are predominantly from the neighborhood. He's a lifelong South Sider. And hearing him talk about it, you get a sense he thought of them as family. We flew through the box for a bit, but that's not what you're here for. That's right. That's true. That's not what I'm here for. I had one thing and one thing only I wanted to know from Barry. How did he make the blackest commercial I've ever seen? <laughs> yes. Let's get to how the sausage was made. Because it's sausage. Get it? Share, please. <laughs> oh, no. Share, please. That's Next where you part laugh. Of the story, please. <laughs> Turns out, Barry had a lot of help. That makes sense. He produced everything from behind the camera, but much of the creative contribution actually came from his employees, most of whom were from the neighborhood. Like, take those iconic lyrics. They were actually written by a Black woman, Barry's secretary, who was an aspiring poet. Lillian Bassett, my very first secretary, she liked to dabble with poems. So she started a little poem about Wave for catfish, you know. Tommy likes ribs and chicken wings. Where can I get her mixtape? <laughs> I know. It is. It's, it's pretty fire. And if you look real close, you can actually see Leanne Bassett in the commercial. She's one of the women who um, you see standing by the register. She's the one wearing glasses. And it didn't stop there. Another employee helped with the music, giving you that earworm of a hook. And then, of course, there was the dancing. There was Lindsay that had a dance studio in the neighborhood, and he choreographed what they were going to do. And the people who were in the costumes were just as interesting. There were a couple guys that we used. You know, one was a magician part-time. Those pig and cow costumes, Barry told me those cost $10,000. That is so much money. <laughs> that is so much money it really for is, costumes. <laughs> they were custom-made. Wait, they were custom-made? Custom-made. That almost justifies the price. <laughs> <laughs> and they were huge. The cow costume was eight feet tall. Amazing. So after getting his secretary to write the script employees to make the music, and extras from the neighborhood a star, Barry's first stint directing a commercial was complete. And from its launch, the commercial was a hit. Hit undersells it, in my opinion. <laughs> More like perfection on film. Yeah, I agree. And it wasn't only the commercial that was a hit. 
the store was blowing up too. We got so busy, we hired from people in the crowd waiting for service. <laughs> you want to help us? How'd you like to help us? You know, okay. And I pay them for the day. Would you like to work here? That is actually where we got our workforce. At the end, we had over 400 employees, and I would say that 90% of them came from the community. Moen Oink became a big part of the community, and Barry made sure he wasn't just profiting on the neighborhood. He also made a point to put some money back into it. I mean, he donated food to the neighborhood block parties and local street festivals. There was this big parade that happens every year on the South Side around the time kids go back to school. And Moonwink always gave away food, free of charge, to thousands of participants and parade-goers. And of course, there was no escaping those classic Moonwink lyrics from the commercial. We yeah, made signs up, wave if you like catfish, scream if you like ribs, whistle if you like chicken wings, clap if, you know, and people would start whistling or clapping or whatever. It was a tremendous uh, response. So obviously, the commercial was a big deal, and it ran for decades, well into the 2000s, and it was the same commercial that was made in 1982. That is wild. That is wild. And then in 2004, after years of running on local Chicago TV, the commercial got some national love when Barry entered it into a competitive creative advertising contest. I mean, there's over a thousand people at the convention and they get to the end of the ceremony giving out the awards and now they're going to give out the best of show. And, you know, I'm sitting there, I just close my eyes when they, they announced the winner and it was Moonwalk and wow. It must have been so different, homemade, because it was homemade. Barry sounds so proud. It's so funny, though, that, like, as amazing as this commercial was, like, you know, that's when it finally gets the respect that it deserves. Right? It was a really nice note to end on, because it was just a few years later that Moon Oint closed its doors for good. Wait, so you said that, like, eventually it was owned by a black family. Yes. So How did that happen? This black family, the Beavers, they bought the rights to the Moon Oink name and all of Moon Oink's recipes. You can still buy the products in stores across the Midwest, but the Moon Oink, as I knew it, the brick-and-mortar store I spent so many Sundays at as a young girl, that Moon Oink was basically over. Pouring out for Moon Oink. Pouring out for Moon Oink. Should we collect money to buy back Moon Oink? You know, a question. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know what the Beavers' intentions are. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I was ready to start pledge drive. As an alternative, though, mm. if we don't end up buying Moon Oink, if, if, sure, um, sure, sure. maybe we should become commercial consultants. Yo, <laughs> I have ideas. Because, um, yo, that, that, that has given me vision. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> After the break, a black history story with some bite. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Prime. You know Amazon Prime is not just a shipping subscription, right? It's got everything, including streaming TV and movies on Prime Video. And of course, Prime's fast, free shipping. Go from watching your favorite shows to getting your favorite things. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more out of whatever you're into. Welcome back. Welcome back. Happy Black History Month, Eric. Yes, it feels so beautiful. It's like a warm blanket. It is like a warm blanket, though, I got to say. Pretty much every day is Black History Day here on The Nod. It's true. We even have a little segment that we're going to share with you all today uh, where we tell little-known stories of Black people. Mm -hmm. It's called Peanut Butter History. All right, wait, wait. So, just got to stop the music for a second. Mm -hmm. I just want to let y'all know. For those of you out there who didn't like the sound of stuffing our faces with peanut butter, we hear you. (laughs) This version of peanut butter history is a little bit different. So, just stay with us. George Washington Carver was the wizard of the soil. George Washington Carver was the most well-known African-American of his day. During his lifetime... Carver extracted more than 300 products from the peanut. There is one product that many mistakenly attribute to him. Peanut butter. So, peanut butter history is our little nod. (laughs) 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 To George Washington Carver, one of the only black folks ever talked about during Black History Month. But it's also our attempt to showcase the stories of a ton, literal ton of other Black people we should celebrate just as much. Yes. So today, I'm going to tell you the story of a little-known woman named Lucille Times. I actually don't know that name. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) I feel like I should be ashamed. You should be ashamed. Once you find out, you're going to be feeling really really ashamed. All right. Well, I'm ready to be dragged. And a lot of you said you didn't want to hear us eating peanut butter. It is noted. But we still wanted this to be a challenge. So I'm going to play you some music. And that music will speed up as you go to let you know you need to hurry up. Hopefully that will make things just a little bit more stressful for you, right? That's your top goal. (laughs) Okay, so I'm ready. I came prepared. Let's do this. All right. I will start the song. Okay. Now. Okay, so are you familiar with a woman by the name of Rosa Parks? Yes, I do know Rosa Parks. Okay, so we all know the story about Rosa Parks and everything she did to spark the Montgomery bus boycott, but today I'm going to tell you about an unsung heroine of the Montgomery bus boycott. A one Mrs. Lucille 
Times. Oh, wow. Okay, so Lucille Times was a resident of Montgomery, Alabama, and she was a local business owner. She ran a cafe with her husband. Uh-huh. Um, and, and one day in June 1955, Lucille was driving to her local dry cleaner. This uh-huh. was six months, mind you, June 1955, six months before any Rosa Parks incident, okay? Gotcha, okay. So Lucille was driving on the Mobile Highway. Yes. And a city bus driver was, like, closely trailing her. He's right behind her. Uh-huh. And he was trying to force her car into a ditch. So Lucille was able Wait, to pull over. he's trying over. to run her off the road? Yes, yes. He's trying to run her off the road. So she was able to pull over into the parking lot of her drive cleaner where she was headed. Uh-huh. And the bus driver parked across the street. And then he got off the bus and walked up behind Lucille's car. And he was screaming, you're a black son of a bitch. But right, but clearly he had no idea who he was talking to. But why was he mad at her? He he tried to run her off the road. It's racism. It's Alabama. It's 1955. Like it was a program. So Lucille shot back. She was like, "You're a white son of a bitch." I know, Plot I know. Twist. And then they immediately got into a tussle. They started, oh, they, yeah, he's right. speeding up. Yes. I think you ran and out of so time. And so the bus driver even raised his hand to hit Lucille. Uh-huh. And do you know what she did? What did she do? She bit him. What? <laughs> she bit him. And so eventually the cops were called to the scene and oh, they stopped yeah. the scuffle. It's going even faster. Right, I know. It's like, I'm like, and you call the cops and I'm like, is this going to make things better? Is yep. it going to make things worse? I don't know. So they stopped the scuffle and one of the cops asked Lucille, do you know that was a white man you called the white son of a bitch? Never mind the biting part. <laughs> so she said, do you know I'm a black woman and that he called me a black son of a bitch? Uh. And the policeman got mad. He was like, if you were a black man, I'd beat your head to jelly. But he let her go. So he said uh. he would beat her ass, we let her go. And so she was like so mad. She didn't even take her clothes to the cleaners. So she called the bus terminal but to report she at the, the incident. Cleaners? Yeah, but she, look, when something like that happens, you're not going to drop your clothes off. So she called the bus terminal to report the incident. But also she was like... No, something else has to be done. So Lucille and her husband were both members of their local NAACP. And they called this guy, the head of their local chapter, and his name was E.D. Nixon. Uh So E.D. Nixon tells Lucille, look, I can't do, he says, we can't do anything about what happened off the bus. Something has to happen on the bus, but we're going to do something about it. So Lucille knew exactly what she was going to do about it. She told E.D. that she was going to start a bus boycott by picking up black riders at bus stops with her own car. Again, this is months before Rosa Parks. I was going to say the first one was Rosa Parks. Right. So E.D. liked her plan, but he was like, wait. So he said if they started after Thanksgiving when all the businesses would be running sales, this is getting really fast. I think you um, are almost out of time. It would hit the bus company in their pockets and have more impact. But she wasn't about waiting. So Lucille started her to get it done now. own boycott and she started cruising around town, picking up black people waiting at bus stops. But let me get let me get to the kicker. You remember that bus driver? Yes, the white Yes, son of the bitch. one she got into the altercation with. His name was James Blake. And six months after his confrontation with Lucille, he came across another black woman he told to move to the back of his bus. So, Are you saying, wait. Yes, the bus driver. <laughs> yes, James Blake, the bus driver. It's is the, the same? same one from Rosa Parks. Yo, did they plan that? No, I, I don't think so. <laughs> but then after that, you get to, you know, the same guy, James Blake, tells Rosa to get to the back of the bus. You're and literally then the official bus boycott begins. And Lucille kept on doing what she had already been doing, giving rides to black folks around town. So how about that? Wow. And that's what happens when you call a black woman a black son of a bitch. <laughs> My heart rate is up. I was about to say, your, your feel breath like, pattern even is... Well, because you kept being like, you have only so much time left. I'm going to interrupt you. It's like, God damn it, let me finish. <laughs> I guess I guess you did a pretty good job. Like, you got you got through, I, will, I must acknowledge, you got through 98% of the story. 97.5% okay. of the story before the time ran out. I literally didn't know this. I actually do feel Yo. pretty ashamed. But Lucille, though. Yes. Lucille 
is what? a pioneer. Also, just to like for somebody to cuss you out, uh, you cuss them back out, and you know, you about to get into it, and then you bite them. That that's what we call jumping steps. Yep. You know, she was like, Look, I ain't I ain't here to play with you. Nope. We're gonna get to the point where you wanna stop. I know. That's like a te- and it's interesting too, because you think back to like the 50s and the 60s and like nonviolent like coordinating <laughs> and they're like you know wear your suit and if they beat you put your head down because you don't want to be violent and she was like fuck this shit I'm about to beat these motherfuckers <laughs> I don't know who you think I am right she was like so that's fine for y'all I have teeth <laughs> I'm gonna wow. keep doing this so I think now we can officially welcome yes. Lucille Times yes. to the Peanut Butter Pantheon The Nod is produced by me, Brittany Moose, with Eric Eddings, Kay Parkinson Morgan, and Emmanuel Barry, with production assistance from Wallace Mack. Our senior producer is Sara Abdurrahman. We are edited by Annie Rose Strasser. Engineering from Cedric Wilson. Fact-checking by Max Gibson. Special thanks to James T. Green and the Rosa Parks Museum at Troy University, Montgomery. And thanks to Cher Vincent for reporting the Moon Ong story. It's going to take me literally forever to get that song out of my head. Our theme music is by Khalid B. Additional music in the show by Haley Shaw and Khalid B. And one final note. If you want more of The Nod, you should definitely subscribe to our newsletter. This week in the newsletter, we've got some ideas about what to wear to the Black Panther premiere. So subscribe at gimletmedia.com slash newsletter. Do you mind reading the poem? I could try. Again, this is something that Lillian Bassett. Yeah, she's great. She also did the lyrics for the um, the uh, famous the jingle. Right. The jingle, yeah. It was a week before Christmas, and all over Chi Town, people were shopping and getting ready to get down to some cooking in the kitchen with family and friends, talking about old times. You know, way back when, they come to Muanoink in a flurry and in a dash for fresh meats and veggies, saving mucho cash. They know at Muanoink there's quality galore, boneless beef pot roasts, and a whole lot more. Hickory smoked hams dazzle their eyes, while turkeys and turkey breasts are great dinner buys. Our one customer yells, hand clean chitterlings, pork chops and greens, farm-raised catfish, is this a dream? For big breakfast, snacks, or dinner tonight, we satisfy family budgets and appetites. So make your Christmas dinner a special treat and come to Muanoink for all your holiday meat. Happy holidays from Muanoink, your meat store and more.